Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Hi, my name is Brenda Lowe. I am a relationship based professional development lead here at the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I help support a team of coaches across Minnesota. And I am pleased to have with me here today our guest, Dana Ellingson. She is one of our coaches here at Center for Inclusive Child Care, where she supports providers, children's, and children and their families at various child care locations across Minnesota and especially the metro. Dana also is an education coordinator for a family-owned business, and you might have heard or seen her name because she has been doing numerous early childhood trainings um, across the Metro for many, many years. Dana, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. So excited to be here. Well, today we are discussing considerations for outdoor play and safety. So, Dana... I don't know, like, what are some of the things you think about when it comes to outdoor play and safety? What are your thoughts on that? Well, first, I'm, I'm super excited, one, to be here and to have this topic as the topic to talk about, because it really is a passion of mine to be outside, to bring children and families outside, and to know what we learn outside. And so I did pick a couple quotes. Um, I wanted to pick one, but just couldn't. So I'm just going to start with a few things that will actually lead into why, the why of why it's important to be outside or the why, why I'm here um, speaking with you today, if that's all right with you. Great idea. We love quotes. So um, I'm first going to start why uh, the, the true why in the science or the idea behind why it's important to be outside. Because what we know, um, or what has been shared by the National Wildlife Foundation, um, is that it's estimated that U.S. children now spend significantly less than 10 minutes a day in outside play. Wow. And I pulled another quote from an author of Place-Based Education, David Sobel. He says, if we want children to flourish, to become truly empowered, then let us allow them to love the earth before we let them save it. <laughs> and so what this um, what this brought to me was the idea that we can support a relationship with outside. Yes. And the, as educators, we have a huge role in being able to create that relationship. And just like we have inside, we have the ability to create a space, interactions, conversation, and we can do that outside too. Yes. And what we know about outside play is that more learning can happen when we're outside. Mm-hmm. And so yes. that quote helps me understand that sometimes we don't see nature as our home, but Gary Snyder, a poet, says nature is not a place to visit. It is home. I really like that. And I've been hearing more and more um, early childhood professionals taking that classroom outdoors and making more and thinking outside the box, actually, when it comes to outdoors. So then going out outside isn't just about, okay, line up, we're going outside and we're just going to play, but actually they're bringing learning to the outdoors. Absolutely. And we absolutely can do that. Um, but I will also give space for the challenge, right? Or what is getting in our way? And that's why I offered those quotes to say, what is it that's stopping us 
from allowing them to love the earth, to be outside. And um, it's stopping us sometimes is those challenges. And so I think if we think about um, what are some challenges before we get into bringing everything outside, um, it does help us to relieve that stress and go, maybe it is possible to bring books outside. Maybe it is possible to bring those amazing magnetiles that I love to use that are engaging and bring those outside. What would it look like to bring dramatic play items outside? But there's some challenges, right? Right. And so um, I, I have kind of thought about this and what are the challenges that I, I originally had as an educator? I'm still educating, but when I first started, what was stopping me from bringing some of those things outside or what was stopping me from getting outside, right? Um, winter time is a huge thing here in Minnesota. <laughs> and so one of the biggest challenges we go, we say to ourselves is, or I said to myself, I should say, It takes me so long to get them outside. What is the point, right? By the time we get everything on, I feel like it's time to come back inside. However, don't forget that that time preparing to go outside is learning itself as well. Great point, Dana. And even thinking about toddlers, like that's one of the challenges is the little ones and getting them outdoors. And I actually hear that a lot from educators as well. And then if you think about the clothing, right, let's go a little bit further. What about clothing? Uh, One of the things I say now, I didn't didn't used to say this, but there's never bad weather. There's only bad clothing. And I borrowed that from another educator in the field who hopefully will be listening at some point. um, And that we view going outside um, or the clothing that we have, we need to think about that a little bit differently. Am I wearing the right clothing? Because when I have the right clothing on, I'm really comfortable. Right? But there's challenges there to that as well. And so you'll notice a, a repetition here of what the challenge is, but how can I ask some questions of myself and be reflective of, is it a challenge or is it something I can get over? Is this barrier, barrier something I can get over? So think about um, the clothing that the children are wearing when they go outside. Do I have materials that are okay for a rainy day? Wait, what? No, we can't go outside on a rainy day. Can we or can't we? Right? Um, Do I have clothing to go out when it's snowing or just after it snowed when the snow is, what, three feet tall and I have toddlers? Do I have the right equipment? Am I talking to parents about that right equipment? Am I putting the burden on the parents? Or maybe that's a challenge I have. Maybe we can't afford all that fancy, right, or heavy-duty material. Is there other options that are out there for me? where I could meet that barrier. I want to supply the materials, right? And so we started supplying materials for families, especially those that were in need, to have extras at the program so we didn't forget them. Mm. Brenda, I'm sure you remember many times where families forgot to bring clothing. And then we were all kind of like, well, what do we do? Yeah, because it would hold up the class where we couldn't go outside if a, a handful of them didn't have the materials because either A, they forgot them, or B, found out later they couldn't afford the extra snow pants or heavy duty boots. And so, as educators, we would actually go out to secondhand stores and purchase these ourselves and label them as the classrooms. And so, if anybody forgot, they were still able to participate in a safe manner. Right. And of course, I'm now thinking to myself a challenge I once had, which was, well, where where am I going to put all these things, right? Where am I going to put all these extra things? And so maybe I I look at grants to purchase those materials, but also using grants to purchase bins that I could set them in. They can be outside if they're in an enclosed bin. It doesn't take up my space. Or maybe there's another place that I could put it. Um, 
But just again, thinking about what are those challenges to get outside? One is the time it takes to get outside, but seeing that time as an educational tool, right? A developmental tool, not a, not a burden, but a, oh, if it takes me five minutes to get all of the children th- things on, or uh, all right, fine, 20 minutes to get all those things on, can I list all the things that we were working on? Fine motor skills, turn-taking, older children supporting younger children, or um, not necessarily age, but developmental stage, right? A child who's um, uh, conquered zipping up the jacket, yep. right? Can they support another child in having that, um, conquering that uh, task? Independent. So, yeah. Independent. Yeah. Um, autonomy, um, to the emotional, like, this is so much, this is a transition time. Can I, can I help and support children go, uh, by leading up to the activity and reminding them with visuals, maybe how we're going to get our things on. And now it's become a routine. So before it, for the first month, even three weeks, two, three weeks, it was a lot of hands-on, but now I say, all right, after we finish snack, we're going to go wash our hands and then look at the outside chart and remember what we need to grab. And you start seeing two-year-olds grabbing their boots and grabbing their coats. And yeah, they put their boots on first. And we go, oh, we forgot. Let's look at our visual, right? And we can go back to that chart. Um, but the older children are even pointing it out like, Susie, oh, you put your boots on. Look, we have to put this on first. Now I have helpers in my classroom helping the younger ones do that. That's a really good point. And the other thing, too, I know not everybody has the luxury of having a co-partner, a co-teacher you know, teacher in the classroom. But... I have tried this myself when I was teaching where, you know, the half that are more developmentally able and so they're quicker to get all of their things on those, that half of the group goes outside while I finish up with the ones that are still needing a little bit more help and work. And that has been uh, an effective tool as well, especially when sometimes they get a little anxious depending on your group. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we always refer back to DHS licensing rule for center or for family child care. Um, And we want to look at who can go outside. Where can I position myself so I can be seeing the children who are outside just in case I need to be intervening. Um, But yeah, my fives, um, if they're doing great, especially if the snow is six feet tall and they can't really go anywhere too fast, right? I'm positioning myself where I can be capable of intervening there next to the door and helping that two-year-old finish up and get outside. Mm-hmm. But then we got the bigger challenge that I hear a lot, which is infant care. How can I get those infants outside with us? Or it's nap time, right? And we want to go outside. And so I think to, that could go on for a longer conversation, Brenda, but <laughs> a reminder that some of these questions can be answered through using CICC coaching or giving us a call, I think, on our website, right? We can uh, go on um, on there and ask a question, ask the expert. Um, yeah. And uh, ask those questions if people are still wondering about challenges to get outside. Because let's not stop. Let's not let us, like that quote says, stop them from loving the the outdoors and learning and exploring even more. Let's increase that 30, an average of 30 minutes per week that children are spending outside. Let's increase that. We have the availability to do that in our programs. They may not be going outside at home or they might, but we can offer that time to get that important time. Well, and that falls under the umbrella of best practices as well. So what are some of those other and challenges when thinking about culture and maybe inclusion as well, Dana? What are your thoughts on that? Well, when you first said that, I thought about the mess, right? We, the outside is dirty. Absolutely. I spend 
I think my children spend two minutes outside and they come in and their feet are already dirty. Well, then again, I let my children go barefoot outside, not in childcare, but at home. Um, I have a, a four-year-old and a three-year-old and a 16-year-old, um, but the mess, right? And so I've heard from other educators about making sure in their interviews or their contracts to talk about, we embrace the mess here. Um, but that doesn't always include all cultures, right? Um, not all individuals are going to feel that same way. And so is there a conversation that could be had to get over that barrier of the mess? Not all families may say, yep, it's okay. They, they can come home with some mud on their shirts. Um, they can come home with some sand in their hair. Some, some families aren't going to be all right with that. Especially African-American families, uh, children that have braids, you know, it takes hours to get that done. And now I've got sand in the hair. I mean, it's a lot of work. So what are some ideas um, on that to overcome that? Yeah. So I like to say, start with that conversation, right? The relationship is so important in the work that we do, the relationship with the children, but also the relationship with the parents. So the conversation of, have you come up with other strategies? Have you ever been to a park where there's sand and what have you done, right, um, to be able to support that? Or is there an extra set of clothing? Is there a hat that you would like to wear? Is there some type of covering that we can use, right? Um, but until we ask the question or un until we present the, the possible solutions or thought of possible solutions, we're just shutting the door. And so I love to say, let's have conversations. Let's get the input from the experts of children which is their parent, right? And uh, build a bridge to get over those barriers as well. Um, and maybe there's there's conversations about um, keeping those clothes at the house, like, like we said, right? We're going to keep a set of clothing. That child is only going to develop more when they put those other set of clothing on, right? Because um, that'll, be, again, be the barrier. Well, I don't have time to put extra clothing on. Well, actually, we don't have snowsuits anymore. So now we do have extra time to throw on clothing, <laughs> But then again, that's my <laughs> seeking out the positive. <laughs> I um, love any it. other thought that Brenda that I'm missing that you could think of for for those challenges. No, actually, I was just thinking to myself that partnering with parents is best practices and what's best for children as well. And the children seeing us working with their parents and having that conversation and how respectful is that? If you were a parent and your early child educator heard you and wanted to be a part of making those compromises and those decisions together because all parents want their child to be included in a part of the day. Um, it's just a matter of how are we going to do it? Wow. Oh, Brenda, we're out of time. Well, we are going to have to continue this conversation, Dana. Let's do a part two under the umbrella of outdoor play and safety, extending that classroom outside. What do you say about that? Absolutely. All right. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.